Capcom communicates. The company brings us new Capcom Pro Tour DLC content along with future dates to expect further announcements. Also, the EVO 2019 lineup has been revealed and Super Smash Bros. Melee is not on it. Plus, Nintendo shows a bit more esports interest, Johnny Cage is back and older than ever, Marvel 4 might be on the horizon according to some not-so-cryptic tweets by FChamp, and we explain why we think a Final Fight character is more than likely en route to SF5 here on this 40th episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect! Alright, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hey, what's up internet? Happy uh, whatever day of the week it is that you're listening to this. There you go. So we, we have people listening to us at work and saying, hey, this is how I get through my work day. So hopefully we're doing a, a good job in that uh, regard and, and helping you skip out on work that's important for you to take care of your family and rent and all that kind of stuff, but that's what we're here for. That's what so, I do at my work too. Hey, wait a second. What? <laughs> no, anyway, uh, following up a little bit on it's cool to hate on Street Fighter Five, um, and I noted last week that comments that hate on the game get liked, upvoted, and retweeted. Uh, I looked at the comments of our podcast post and noticed a bunch of green comments, and all those happen to be uh, things hating on Street Fighter Five and saying how the game sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I maybe maybe called that one a little bit. I'll, I'll totally take credit for it. But uh, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it just it, that kind of cracked me up. But we actually have news here. Um, Capcom communicated stuff, dude. Like they actually talked to us, man. Like, oh yeah, can you what believe they it? Yeah, um, they said that that Street Fighter Five uh, is getting like new DLC for the, the Capcom Pro Tour year. Uh, they have updates coming in March and November. Like uh, Dakota actually spotted this. Like it was kind of hidden in patch notes because that's how Capcom like communicates. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said the words update and patch, and they said that it was coming in March and November. It's like, boom, it's like, hey, that's something. Uh, so, of course, we have uh, March's final round. Uh, it's about two weeks away now, and we actually might even be getting more hints here, like, even before that time. Uh, and we'll be getting into a little bit more later on here about, like, some hints we're seeing uh, potentially in the community. But li- we're not far away, dude. Like, we actually could be getting stuff. Like, I can't believe it. Capcom, like, open the floodgates. Uh, maybe open the, like, tiny part of the cup or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but anyway, regardless, they're open. There's stuff flowing out. We have something coming on. Uh, so final round, two weeks away, week and a half, somewhere around there. Um, but circling back here, we also have November that they mentioned. And and just to kind of, you know, set people's eyes to the future here, uh, we have the Canada Cup, which is going to be a premier event. And then we have the North America Regional Finals, which is a super premier event, which is on the level now of EVO. Um so their their upcoming patch, it might just be, you know, hey, they're disabling stuff on the servers, they might be doing whatever, but they have given us two timelines here of potentially things to look forward to, uh, considering that there's a super premiere event uh, in November, that's kind of like the logical conclusion that, hey, we might see something yet again there. So, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what color the mystery confetti will be at this year's North American finals. Yeah. Uh, there, I... <sighs> I, I can't believe you went there because I actually have a note about that. It <laughs> says, yeah, we might get to the November part. And they're, they're like, hey, look, we added a green color into confetti. And that's that's like our major hit. And 
Oh, man. Uh, Like, Capcom's lack of communication has been so bad, we were actually looking at confetti, like, super close. Not not just looking at the confetti, but they were like, hey, make sure you look at both sides of the confetti and make sure you get, like, a close-up shot. Like, is there anything printed on the back? Or is there... Seriously, we were doing this. I'm not even joking. Like, we were taking close... I, I went to Capcom Cup. I saw silver confetti fall from the sky. I'm like, I better take a photo of it and put it on Twitter. And I got, like, 20 likes on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and there's, a certain, there's a certain sense of fanaticism that we all have for the things that we really like and for the things that we're looking forward to. And that's certainly part of the equation here. It's not only that we're so, you know, dehydrated and bone dry in the way of announcements that we're looking into confetti. I mean, part of it certainly is that. Like, But I don't think that's all of it, so I want to be fair um, and I don't remember exactly how we were feeling at that time where, where the confetti fell. I, I remember we were talking a lot about Rose and and what was coming on the horizon for, for announcements for like Capcom Cup and such. But but yeah, I mean, the story, as we've told many times, is that Capcom hasn't been very good about communicating information with Street Fighter. And and they really, I mean, they've so, so they gave us some new Capcom Pro Tour content. Uh, that we get every year. It's some new costumes for Kage, Sagai. I think Zangief, not part of the Pro Tour pack, but also has a new costume in Fighting Chance and also a new stage. And so it, it feels like at least things are kind of moving right now, but still really hasn't addressed the issue um, that most people are worried about, which is the the DLC characters, right? Like that's kind of the heart mm-hmm. of everything now. Balance patch, DLC characters, but, but we just got a balance patch and I think people are pretty happy with it. So that's pretty much satisfied, at least for the time being. But... Instead, we got a costume for a latest DLC character, which uh, I will get into in a little bit, I'm sure. I think it looks kind of goofy, but uh, but that's just me. But so, so this announcement that's happened with this new Final Fight stage and, um, and the Pro Tour DLC was expected, and it's good that it's here, and it, it kind of gets things moving a little bit. But I still feel like it hasn't really hit the, um, I mean, it hasn't really un, like opened up the dam, so to speak, like as you were saying. But it does give us those two other dates, which most of us didn't even realize were in there. Like you said, Dakota caught those and mm-hmm. said, hey, there's more to this. We should probably highlight this more because it seems like these two dates, March and November, that's significant. And sure enough, it was. But Again, man, Capcom, you're supposed to put that stuff at the front considering how, you know, your audience right now is really hoping for information along those lines. But that's what we're there for, John. I mean, it's they put sometimes like notes at the very end of the story, like will be like, you know, a, a 10 page article about, you know, patch notes about like Ken's face or something like that. And then at the very end, it'll be like, oh, and, you know, make sure you stay tuned for special announcements coming up. And, and that's what we have to go through and find for everyone. But uh, but yeah. Yeah. So. So yes, we're <laughs> it feels like the announcement of announcement, but it still is an announcement and that's good and well, I guess we're looking forward to seeing what happens in March. Yeah. So we we have the CPT 2019 DLC that just dropped. Uh, they have the most shill title I've ever seen. And so I immediately went and picked it up because I love this crap. Like I had the 2017 like CPT uh, thing up there as my title for the longest time, but this one says CPT fanatic. And 
I looked at that and I go, who the hell like green lighted that? Who the hell wants to have that as their, their title as CPT? Who's a CPT fanatic? Hey, Except what's your title right now? Yeah, it's literally CPT fanatic. It's great. <laughs> That's it's it. <laughs> the, you, I think if you just look inside, you can find all the answers that you need. There's your fortune cookie advice for the day. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, it's got 2019 in there. It's it's like great because like it's gonna like it's it's only gonna last for a year. It's only got a year of fandom in there. It, it, man, that's it's such a terrible title, but I will say that um, the new colors for everyone, they give every single character a brand new color. I'm like, hey, that's great. Like, you know, finally a little bit of extra incentive there. Uh, the lack of fight money missions is really disappointing. Uh, 10K, like, overall fight money is like, damn it, guys. Like, we earned that in two weeks before. Like, seriously, like, man, they're really running the fight money out. It, it's kind of very disappointing. No, not kind of. It's extremely disappointing what they're doing there. Um, you know what's amazing about, uh, like, a, just a recurring theme for Capcom in Street Fighter V to me, it's amazing to me, I should say, is that they don't even necessarily have these issues that come up. Like, they're not innate issues, some of them. The fight money thing it's like that's something that Capcom created. They created an expectation. They created this entire economy where it costs a hundred thousand dollar or a hundred thousand fight money to get a new character, and so that kind of sets the 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 value of how much fight money is worth. And then they also put out weekly missions and and a means to this. So now we get an idea and have an expectation of what we can do with fight money, how valuable it is, all of that, and then they change it. Um, in the dark because they're not telling us what's going on with DLC and such. And so this problem where you where you kind of get demoralized about fight money, that's completely created and orchestrated and set up by Capcom themselves. It's like they made a trap so that they could get themselves caught in it. Uh, I actually know people, I think we talked about it here, that have stopped playing the game because of the fight money issues. That's a they huge were playing- reason to come back and now yeah. it's not there anymore. Yeah, and it's, it's so many signs are pointing to this is really the end of the game's lifespan. Um, that really should be the messaging, I think, here. I don't know if you know it's a smart marketing move or not, but damn it, like put that out there for people. But, man, uh, on to a more happy subject, though. I will say that in the official blog post here for the Street Fighter V uh, DLC for 2019 Capcom Pro Tour, it said for the last two years, fan contributions have made a significant difference in the pricing, and we know that for sure. And it's that's something that makes me feel good. It's I, I bought the pack for twenty bucks. I got my amazing title there, um, but also I, I know that part of the you know the money I spent on that, like hey, it's going back to the players. It's going in you know to make the pro tour a little bit better. I'm like ah, I'll do this every single year without like thinking about it twice. Uh, just knowing it's going back into like you know supporting our scene, it's like that's nothing. And and. Again, I'll give them a shout out for that. They've they've added some extra value in there, at least with the costumes. Um, now I've got some stuff for when I play like Laura and Bison randomly. I've got a little bit of extra colors to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really feel the crunch now that um that I switched over from from PS4 to PC, and it's like all my content is gone. Oh. Like all my costumes are gone. Uh, I got stuff from Monat, but I haven't got it for like anyone else because I don't want to spend like fifty dollars buying you know random DLC for characters I don't really play anymore. So I mean, I definitely feel that crunch now. Like getting in late, like, oof, but but yeah. What do you think of the costumes for Sagat and for Kage? I like them both. Uh, I, again, I I'm actually one of the few people I like Kage's design. It's uh, I never really even like had to grow on me. I liked it from the get go. Um, um, Sagat's got like this white thing in his beard or whatever. He's an old guy. I I don't know. I I think it all looks pretty good. Uh, I'm trying I to think- pull him up mm-hmm. here so that I can have a more like immediate and legitimate reaction. 
uh, because I don't want to. I don't want to just do it from memory when I don't have to. But it's what is it? Butler fancy dinner kage? Is that what this is? He's got pretty a much. He's in a suit and all that. Yeah. What is the motivation behind it? <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's like, okay, then that seems out of left field. Like, now that doesn't mean that just because something's out of left field that it's not going to work. But what? I, I, that's where it kind of starts and stops for me. Is what and. It's kind of goofy, I suppose. Now, if it's insightful and inspired because there's something in Kage's backstory or some meme that was happening about Ryu that Capcom picked up on and said, oh, let's play off that, then that's great, and I would super appreciate it. But let's put Kage in a suit, uh, and maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe I'm missing the joke, but it's just kind of goofy to me. It is funny because he's like evil and primal, but he's wearing, you know, maybe that's all it is. It's just the juxtaposition between two things that don't seem like they should go together, and that creates comedy, but... Um, I, I, I will say that in the um, the prior CPT bundles, like Ryu and Ken had their you know tuxedos and other stuff, and that's probably a continuation of this in that series. That would be my guess off the top of my head. Oh, um, sure. Well, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so tuxedo. <laughs> All right, tuxedo Kage, and then it's like a wrestler pirate something or other Sagat. All right. Or is this a straight out of I... final fight? No, no. I said I was okay with this, and, and now that I look at it a little bit closer, I'm really going, "What the hell am I looking at?" Like, okay, I, I, I just kind of glanced at. It, I'm like, "Okay, it's it's Street Fighter's Goofy," but I'm seriously lost for words right now. It's, what am I looking at? Okay, you know, Big Daddy, the movie, the Adam Sandler movie, one of the last good ones that he did, and okay. and he lets the 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 six year old kid dress himself and name himself. <laughs> And so the kid goes and he gets like an old Hooters shirt and like uh, hockey pads and whatever. It looks like Big Daddy Kid Sagat just went into the wardrobe and his, his dad said, you can wear whatever you want, Frankenstein. And so he comes out with his hodgepodge. He's got like a do-rag kind of thing on. His eye patch makes sense. Um, and it, like a Zangief-esque beard. And then this, uh, this coat with this fur around the collar. He's got some kind of necklace on. He's wearing a wrestling belt. It's like it's just it just seems like a hodgepodge. At least the stuff kind of matches. Uh, but <laughs> as far you, as like you the forgot colors. about the leather pants, dude. Like I know you're not a metalhead, but leather pants are a big deal in metal. So, so like, is he a weird yeah. biker pirate uh, librarian? I have no idea what, where to go with this. It's like. They just let him pick out a bunch of stuff and said, that's what you want to wear. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally had a good defense for the Kage thing because, you know, continuation of other stuff. I'm seriously, I have no defense for this at all. I, what happened, Capcom? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't hate it. It's fine. But it seems like with as much as we talk about how much attention this game needs in other avenues, that, oh, you, I'm sorry, I couldn't fix the thing. I couldn't tell you about the DLC. I couldn't get stuff out on time, I you know, because I was making random ass Sagat costume so I'm sure it's more sophisticated than that but that's what the people are going to take away when they see this and when they see the situation and they immediately react to it yeah. I don't know I, I don't know I'm jaded man <laughs> yeah I, man I, I I I think we've just kind of halted the whole podcast here <laughs> at a loss for words to hate that things I don't even hate it I don't even I hate it it's I just mean, what what the hell yeah it's a it's a mind blank like what are we supposed to do with that like literally how do we even continue the pod I, I think we're done for this week so everyone thank you for tuning in but uh, oh my goodness all right well we, we better switch uh, gears sure. here real fast because man um but I'll just say the, the blanket glitch is now fixed uh with this patch that came out uh with the DLC and all that they've got that in 
there. And I will shout out Capcom actually here and say that their attention to detail in the patch notes is really interesting. Because they say that certain combos that worked before um, that do not now currently work or did not work in season four, um, like a counter hit stuff like Rainbow Mika, she would push you back um, with her, you know, um, her EX reversal, basically. I forget what it's called, like the shooting attack, peach. You know. There you go. Hit you with a butt three times. Um, anyway, um, um, so uh, that would push you back now and like you couldn't get some of your counter hit combos like they went back and they fixed it. And it's like, wow, really? Like, that's kind of a rare scenario that you get a counter hit on that and, you know, you follow up and, and stuff. And they're like, no, like, we're going to make sure um, that, you know, you get a full, yeah, I, I'm sorry, not rare that you get a counter hit, but rare that the, you know, some of the counter hit combos would not work. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be character specific stuff. It's got to be very, very inside baseball type things. Um, and just their attention to detail, again, to go back and, and specifically fix those instances and whatnot. It's like, oh, thank you. Like, that. I, I'm shocked you did that. I'm shocked you noticed, uh, and and I'm shocked you did that. Like with Monada, I sat there with her, her V trigger two for the longest time, and it had an input bug where um, the negative edge. If you just held down the button and you didn't release it and you did the motion, like her her um, orbs would come out, and it was really crappy. It, it messed up a bunch of her combos. Uh, I made a video about it. I talked about it here, and they never fixed it. And you know, eventually now with season four, I think they did. Uh, and they finally you know locked it down and whatnot. It's it's good to see. It's like wow, like you actually care about this stuff instead of just like the Blanca glitch that got a ton of publicity you actually went back through and, and polished up your game again. Yeah, it's a really good look that they cleaned up the Blanca glitch. And and I mean, I 100% behind everything you just said about how they're going and, and uh, paying attention to the smaller stuff, cleaning out the nooks and crannies. That's, that's good. That's something that they absolutely need to do and show that they can do with this game in particular. All right, so switching gears here a little bit. Uh, you were up late last night, and you were <laughs> up at midnight to get the Johnny Cage reveal here for Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, and just jumping out to me, like, right from the get-go, I played Mortal Kombat in the arcades. Like, I'm old, and I noticed that Johnny Cage has definitely aged a good bit as well. And he, he moves around. He's all stiff. Like, he's all moving. Like, and every now and again, like, he'll have, like, a special, like, you know, attacks that he does, like, his uppercut and his shadow kick and all that. And he'll, like, turn green, and he'll, like, get all flexible and move around like like you would expect a fighting game character to move. But... He's got gray hair and all that. Now, I think what NetherRealm Studios has, has realized is that their demographic of people who play this game have aged quite a bit too, like myself. And this is their character. They're like, "Hey, are you are you getting a bit older? Are you know are you feeling the age? Do you have gray in your hair? Well, play Johnny Cage, and boom, there we go." <laughs> Does he still, I know that he, uh, I did not catch whether or not he specifically does the split kick. I know he does the split kick with like a little Johnny Cage action figure that he has. But uh, I mean, if he if he can't do the split kick anymore, that's hilarious. Or if he calls upon, I saw one part where he calls upon a, um, I know the theme in Mortal Kombat 11 is time-based and like different versions of characters we've seen. And he calls upon like a, a younger version of himself uh, to come out and like grab the opponent while he beats on on him. It's funny if he can't do the splits anymore, but the younger version can. I think that'd be a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the the Steven Seagal clip that's going around of him like at a, a, a like martial like arts with competition? zero passion, just tossing people around and then going back to his seat and sitting down and just like yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. It's great. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to, you know, get in on someone's looks too much, but he he's definitely uh, added some some bulk. I'll just say um, Steven Seagal got fat. Everyone. Yeah, uh, he doesn't look like he moves around all that well anymore. And just watching him do the the moves, like, I mean, I'm sure Steven Seagal could like kick my ass like five ways, like by blinking an eye or something like that, right? Like I'm I'm hundred percent. Well, he sure wants of that. you to believe that, but I don't know if he still can. I think that everybody there just kind of ran up and then just tripped over their own feet to make it look like Steven. So and Steven Seagal's earned it, right? He's Steven Seagal, but 
I don't know. I, I might, I might give, uh, I might not give him too much in the way of odds if it's uh, Steven Seagal versus Catalyst Fight Night. Uh, okay, but yeah. Um, so it, it unfortunately did remind me a little bit of Johnny Cage out there. I, I, it's got to be intentional. Uh, I think NRS is kind of filling their age a little bit too. You know, a lot of developers have been around for quite some time. Uh, just as you get older, you start to realize that some of the stuff you could do before, like it's starting to take it out of you and you're like holy crap like i'm i'm old <laughs> and, uh, oh boy yeah father time is uh, undefeated as they say but um yeah i mean i'm gonna have to go back and watch and there's a combat cast today where i assume they'll be highlighting the particulars of johnny cage but if they've really built in that he's like extra stiff and old and that's part of his character now uh, he certainly still has the charismatic but slightly annoying, you know, he's definitely full of himself and that's a very clearly intended part of his character and it works very well. He still has that 100% and it's still very entertaining. But if they're taking like the physical like age into account now, it's like that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, the fighting game character, people really do care about the, you know, the particulars. Um, I would never go as far as to just call them all just functions of one another. But it's also like there there is a significant part of things where one of the first things that a lot, at least the competitive side cares about is just how they play. So there is some credence to that statement. But uh, as we've learned, there's also a whole bunch that goes into just who the character is, their identity and how cool they are and how they resonate. And if what you're saying is actually the intent of, of NRS, it's like, damn, you guys just... That's really good. Good job. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny how uh, so many of these these things going on in life. Like you'll read back about different developers and all that. I remember the guy um, that did Chun Li. Like he was obsessed about her thighs being like really large. You know the thunder thighs. Well, that didn't come through at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but I mean it wasn't like it was. It got a bit awkward, you know. It, it was it was the developers were talking about it. And I mean, you know, it's a Japanese office back in the '90s, uh, and there's some female, you know, developers on the team. And, and even then, they're like, you know, kind of recounting the stories, and they're like, yeah, the developer kind of got like he was really obsessed about her thighs, and it just it, it, like to the point like he wouldn't let us like size them down. They like, had to be like, and just kind of telling some weird stories. Anyway, my point is is that you know as we experience things in life, like it definitely comes through with influence and all that. Uh, NRS developers getting up there, community getting up. Up there i think johnny cage might be a little bit of an homage to all of us kind of aging up a little bit but but yeah so another thing that, that came down here is the evo lineup uh and and the biggest takeaway here for me is that there's no melee um uh it's melee is uh my goodness, it's such an amazing game in terms of, of its longevity. Uh, we've never had a game in the fighting game community with this amount of legs with it. Um, it's insane. And, and, and also, um, Wizard shouted out there that that Ultimate, he feels like, might be the number one game ever, beating Street Fighter V, which had over 5,000 entrants when it first came out, like in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that just kind of blows my mind. So, um, Wizard did say, though, you know, uh, no, I'll, sh- uh, I'll shout him out for this, because I, I was putting on blast and saying, hey, I don't think it's going to happen. But he said there might only be one smash game at evo and he followed through with it like he meant business i i thought he was full of beans but but there it is i think that this is still premature it makes i I get that they're doing it i I get that they made the decision and i think that wizard has expressed that he's kind of wanted to do this before with such tweets as what you just referenced Mm -hmm. um I still feel like they're probably missing out on some cash. We've talked about this many times over the years this is certainly a subject around this time of year every time I think that Melee still has juice left in it, but I, I guess, like, okay, it's Evo. It's Evo's prerogative. They're their own business. They know what they're doing. They've been successful. Okay, go for it. This is their choice. That's fine. 
the next place that my mind goes is, is this enough of a blow uh, against Melee to get people to kind of slow down and essentially to, to mark the beginning of the end? Because for a lot of other games um, or communities, Evo is, is, is huge. And it's big for Smash, but it's not the only thing for Smash. It's not Smash's biggest event. And so if Street Fighter V, for instance, wasn't at maybe like CEO, that would be a huge deal. But it wouldn't be the same as if it weren't at Evo, and I don't. I think like this is kind of the equivalent of Melee not being at CEO in that respect, if that makes any sense. So I don't know if it's going to slow things down because with Ultimate, like the numbers for Melee uh, over the last couple of tournaments have been right up there, right? If if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, so like it's still doing well. Everyone just, it's more of a matter of, at this point, what it appears to me, it's a matter of people thinking, this game is supposed to be dead, it hasn't been dead, and we've been, you know, kind of going along with that, but let's, uh, it's just time to return to normalcy. It's supposed to be dead, let's just kill it, that's what we're supposed to do, but actually it feels like there's still more juice left in the tank, so. Yeah, it's, it, as you mentioned, it's doing just fine at, at other, you know, Smash events and all that. It's, I don't think it's going anywhere unless Nintendo gets in and gets into the eSports stuff, but we'll get into that here just in a second. Um, it, we're actually seeing memes out there right now. Um, Samurai Showdown, you know, came in there. SNK has a really nice history. It's not too shocking that they would have a game just kind of immediately jump into the fold. Uh, at the same time, I, I think maybe some agreements here were made behind the scenes, maybe some money changed hands or something like that, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, Evo's a business. They've, they've got to run a business. There's no problems there with me. Uh, again, SNK has a great history in the competitive scene. Uh, their their titles always are are you know held up there, and, and it's just fine. It's not like you know we're we're seeing Scrub Fighter fourteen you know come in here as a, a title or something like that. It's it's clearly got you know um, it makes the cut. Um, but uh, it's interesting that a game is going to be included in Evo even before it's out and before it's kind of established itself as a, like a, a franchise that that's good for the modern era. You know, it's it's a little shocking in that regard. But but how do you see it so far? There are a couple of of titles that are going to be at EVO that haven't had much of a run yet, right? Mortal Kombat 11, that hasn't even come out yet, similar to Samurai Showdown, although the Mortal Kombat and you could even say the NRS franchise has very much been seated actively at the table in recent years, and so this kind of just fits into that role, and so it's not all that weird. Sam Show is a game that I personally haven't played too much. I've certainly seen it around growing up, you know, in arcades, looking around, I saw it, um, I've heard people talk about it, and there's certainly a lot of hype around it. But I think a lot of the drive here is from that nostalgia from people that, that used to play it. And for many people in the community, because of how long it's been, I don't know off the top of my head when the last Sam show came out, um, but, and I wonder how big the the community for it actually is i'm sure it's significant but like well it's unproven no it's it's it could be significant but i mean it's unproven in a modern era how often do we see samurai showdown titles at at tournaments it's rare you know and so like it's kind of the opposite case of melee where it, it really hasn't proven that it will do well but it seems like this is the title that they're kind of well it's one of the titles that they're kind of going out on a limb with and hoping that people come, it might just be for the sake of saving some face, you know, saying like we're we're gonna have a good variety. They want to have um, maybe a little bit of shock value when they announce, and and not maybe not shock, but surprise in that you know the unpredictable reveal. They talked about that a couple of times yesterday during the reveal um, live stream. They said you know we're gonna 
we're going to get rid of some fantasy brackets and, and shock people. And yeah, so so Sam's show, I have no idea. Like it'll come down to, is it a, a good game? And is it fun to play? And will people flock to it? It looks just fine. And but but it's like it doesn't really have enough in the way of nostalgia to justify it just automatically being at Evo. It doesn't have enough in the way of like recent times because for a lot of people this is going to be the first time that they jump on and, and play Sam Show um, and experience it. And that's not and a just bad to, thing. But... Just to expand on that a little bit, I played Samurai Shodown back in the day quite a bit. Um, played it in the arcades, and I agree with you 100. percent this game does not have a history in the fighting game community outside of it being made by SNK. Right. Like, so it doesn't seem to really, it doesn't have the legs to stand on if you're just going by, you know, like by the book on paper. But again, Evo, it's got its prerogative and there are other reasons why you might have this game there. And and maybe it's like, well, it's, it's just kind of like a long shot. It might pay off huge for us. Um, or it's like a, a deal that they have with SNK. Um, I think that we've seen a couple of titles around in the past that didn't really make all that much sense, but it seemed like they were doing it for reasons outside of this is just going to be the best thing for business. And that's not bad. I mean, if, if the whole tournament becomes that, then maybe you're going to have some issues and maybe it does, it's not as, doesn't have as much integrity at that point for whatever reason. But something like this, I think it adds variety. It's, it's kind of, it gives Samurai Showdown a huge chance, right? If it's on the Evo lineup, all of a sudden... It just got a lot more prestige uh, than it had. Its status just got boosted. People are going to pay attention to it that wouldn't have paid attention to it just because of this one fact. So it's really helping out a game. And maybe that's that's all this is. I don't know. Uh, But I don't think it's a wrong move. Um, We've talked a couple of times about how many titles are out there right now that could have potentially made this lineup. Evo went ahead and did nine, which is more than they did last year. They've, They've usually done about eight or nine. Um, they went with the full nine lineup, and I think that's good. But some of these titles, it seems like uh, their motives are outside of just like, this is going to bring in the most viewers. It's like, we're taking a chance here. We're going to see what happens with this. And I think that's a good look. I think it's healthy to have a little balance in there. But I, I, we can't talk about all this without bringing up Unist. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm not touching that one, so go ahead. Well, I, and I don't really know where to begin. This is another one of those that's been around, and it seems like one of those background games i don't think that it's because it's like not as good of a game as the other ones that kind of make like the triple a titles but it's always one of those games that's like it's got a side tournament it's got a healthy fan base but not enough to make it onto the main stage for whatever reason and i won't presume to know why beyond that that's just what i've observed i mean i'd have to know more about the game in order to really give you that much of of an assessment of this but it really seems like this was one of those titles that just we needed to surprise people and this will make some people happy and i mean we'll see what happens when finals come around and and viewership numbers come around um i hope for the best but this is just such a like out of left field thing i know it's got a faithful fan base i'm sure it's 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 a good game um good enough to stick around this long like you don't you don't you don't stink you don't stick around like that without having a firm foundation um but Man, how many people threw out Unist in their in their fantasy brackets? You know, and, and I mean, some people are like, I wish that was there, but how many people actually thought that this was going to be part of the lineup? Um, a big part of this is presentation, and when he announced that uh, Undernight Inbirth is going to be part of the lineup, everyone just went, 
what? And but I think that's what they were going for. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, and I'll have a better assessment of this whole thing after Evo's is over with. But right now, from from my point of view, it seems like they're doing someone a favor, or they're again they're just taking a chance. But unlike Sam Show, which is like okay, you get the idea that it's a brand new title, it's not out yet, and and this can really help it. Undernight has been out for, I don't even know how long at this point, I'd have to look that up. Uh, it's not new, so it's just like grabbing some some random title and, and just throwing it in there at this point. Because there are, there are a few that, that that could work for. You know, there's a couple of, of there's, there's a plenty of communities that are, you know, why not Dead or Alive? Like, there's a community that's really there and... Uh, yeah, why and, not Melee? But, you know... Right. Uh, so, but, and I think we know why not Dead or Alive, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, again, in, in uh, Blast Blue Cross-Take Battle, it's got the, the characters in there. You know, I mean, it, I know it's a different game. I get that. But really? Mm-hmm. Like, and again, I, I would just, you know, in big, like, white font on the, the front of the, the Unial logo there, I would just put Y, you know? <laughs> Why? Like seriously, you you guys have this presentation for the game, and I don't think you could answer why it's there. Um, yeah, I okay. would really I like mean, to find out. I mean, we'll never know. But the the business meeting where they decide this and the real reasons behind picking these games, it's getting more and more interesting because it's not. It's the one thing that's clear is it's not all just one single obvious motivation of like we're going to make the most money immediately off of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, it very well might be that we just want to represent a title that doesn't get enough light and maybe it's 100% pure and, and it's just that and Undernight has earned that because people have stuck around with it and if like that's the case then that's great yeah I, I'm just again at a loss for words completely on that one just like Sagat's costume I don't know what to say <laughs> So, all right, but uh, next up here we have uh, Nintendo getting into esports a little bit, and, and I have some interesting speculation on this. Um, you know, take it as you will. But to get us started here, Nintendo of America is starting to tweet out uh, clips from Frostbite, which was a Smash tournament, uh, Smash Ultimate tournament this last weekend. Uh, really terrific tournament. Um, they streamed all of Top Forty Eight across three streams. Um, it was great. My goodness, it was so much fun to watch. Like, if there was a match you didn't want to see or weren't that into, it was so easy to find one that you. Could, that was really compelling and terrific. Now this was um, they had three streams and well I guess then obviously you can just choose which one you want to watch. That was what you meant when yeah. you were talking about um, yeah, you can you can watch whatever the three streams you want to okay. watch. I mean, it's I don't know too many people can, who can realistically pay attention to three streams at once. Uh, we do it here, uh, and we have a hell of a time doing it. We have to do it, you know, professionally <laughs> for yeah. our work. Um, but you're typically watching one stream at a time. So um, anyway, uh, it, yeah, it was it was great. Like every match in top forty eight got streamed. I'm I'm not used to that. And but anyway, so Nintendo of America is tweeting all this stuff out for Frostbite, uh, and they have the Nintendo Versus account, which is another official account from Nintendo. You you know, talking about the competitive scene. Um, they have stuff up here right now for Evo and Smash Ultimate, where showing Nintendo obviously very clearly backing this. And it got me wondering. I'm like, okay, um, we know Nintendo's got, you know, their their world championships, pro power hour type, whatever crap they're doing. Um, uh, not really a pro tour, but, you know, it's a, basically a tournament that has items and other stuff in there. Um, but I'm going, okay, they have a brand new president. They have a brand new president named uh, Doug Bowser. And 
And Reggie had kind of put his stamp on Nintendo and his legacy and everything he had done there is very solidified, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his the the shareholders like the Nintendo of, uh, of Japan, like um, the people there, the, the corporation, the, all the officers and all that, they weren't going to throw Reggie out. You know, Reggie had really solidified himself as a de facto leader of the company. He knew exactly what he was doing. So why take a risk on this whole esports thing you know why put it out there but this other guy uh bowser uh which is again an epic name um he has not proven himself yet and he needs to get in and, and actually show uh the leadership team the, the the shareholders all those people that he knows what he's doing and i don't know if esports is a way i would exactly do that if i was in his position but i also would not be opposed to it so we all know that nintendo is pretty um they're a little hesitant to get into the game, right? They they took a little while with their mobile. Yeah, they, they took a little while to get into the mobile realm. They did really great with Pokemon Go. Um, and and they, they will do stuff, but they do it in their own time and their own way. At the same time, we're starting to see these little signs pop up here of, wow, okay, Nintendo's actually showing some legitimate interest in the esports realm. And how difficult would it for them to be to, you know, copy Capcom and do their own Pro Tour, throw $500,000 at you know, uh, uh, you know, the, throughout the things and just tie in with existing events like Frostbite, like Genesis, um, like all the other great, you know, tournaments in the, the Smash scene. Um, and $500,000 uh, for Nintendo is pocket lint. That is something they, they, they sneeze and they lose. You know, it, it's, it's nothing for them to do that. What could be a potential barrier there for them, though, is the persona and the perception of the esports scene that they may not necessarily as a family friendly brand uh they have core values um they may not want to have a direct association with fighting game community if it's not as wholesome of an image as they want to project out there so (laughs) that is something i will throw out as a potential like okay that's a that's a pretty big barrier for nintendo uh their image is very 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 important to them um at the same time we're starting to see these little things come out here and it's like oh wow like if they do this um i know we're talking about being upset about melee not being at evo but i mean that might officially do melee and in terms of like actually competing with you know the new smash title it's melee is probably always going to be there always people playing it and supporting it why would they not right it's it's all on for this long why not keep it going but in terms of it being the marquee game in the smash community i kind of wonder i mean again i think that that's what it's going to take for nintendo fans is is a a pro tour of some sort and that will officially kind of like hammer in the nails of, of of Melee's coffin That's in terms of being a market game. Mm-hmm. Well, because Melee, you know, in the traditional formula, it's that a new game in your franchise comes out and it replaces you. The old one goes by the wayside almost immediately, usually. Melee immortalizes itself because Brawl screws up and it comes back in and then nothing can shake it. And I think it still remains immortal from at least that angle or that point of view. But I think what you're talking about here is a new angle that comes up in the esports realm where the attention and the the acknowledgement of the main game, so to speak, is somewhat different, right? It's like now it's within the realm of esports. And if you're going to make this kind of new track, that's a track where Melee might not be immortal like it is mm-hmm. otherwise. And so we're kind of evolving onto a new track where it's like, well, I couldn't, it didn't die there, but it can die here. And that's that's an interesting, like, and I don't even know if it needs to. And I don't know if that's like a, and it sounds kind of like we're describing it as though Nintendo's trying to figure out a way to kill Melee, which people have 
articulated more than a handful of times before in the past. I don't know that that's what's going on right here. But yes, that does seem to be the formula to kill the unkillable. And it would be interesting. As far as whether or not I think that Nintendo will go down this esports path, I think, yeah. I think that, like you said, Nintendo's been a little more conservative. They've also, at least in, in my in my recollection of things, they've screwed up a lot less in the way of jumping into new ventures and just having it been the wrong thing. Or if they did, they did it early on, they learned, and then they just kind of let other people, they'll let Sony or Microsoft kind of go into that. And once they figure things out, Nintendo will do like a little hybrid of just totally doing their own thing and then also taking uh, bits and pieces from that understood, established uh, uh, venture that one of their competitors or someone else went through and, and they go, okay, I see that the uh, the ice is thick enough to walk on. All right, I'll walk on it a little bit or skate over it over here. But Nintendo has very much been their own thing. They used to be mm-hmm. like the the guys, you know, like there was Nintendo and PlayStation and like Sega. And then like the, the you know, Microsoft and Sony kind of rose to becoming like the two powerhouse titans. And Nintendo was there, but they were different. They were always different. Like Sony and Microsoft in so many ways are interchangeable as far as their, their gaming experiences go. Where Nintendo is this whole other track where you're still gaming, but it's more, you know, what? It's like it's, it's when there's PS3 and, and Xbox 360, you have the, uh, the Wii. And that's like, you know, it's more about motion controls and, and like the, the balance board or whatever from, you know, uh, what is it? Wii Fit Trainer, um, whatever that game was. I don't remember at the same time. Uh, it's more family oriented and more like, well, look at this kind of cool, you know, new technology thing. And, um, and and so I think that they're coming around to where these other companies and these other entities have been doing esports. They're seeing that it works and they're going to put their own Nintendo twist on it. But I do think that it's coming because as different as Nintendo tends to be from everybody else in the pack, I don't think that you're going to... It's not that they wouldn't be able to thrive without going down esports. I think Nintendo can do it, but I don't think they're going to miss that boat either because it's such a huge boat and there's so much potential and it's becoming... I mean, there's a potential that esports could become the the main central entertainment factor uh, uh, entity in you know in our culture replacing or or being uh, like you know next to professional sports right like that's a real thing that people can see happening um without too much imagination and in some ways it's already happening and so like if nintendo has an opportunity to get on that and and they are as powerful and and as as storied and and wise i guess with the years as they are i don't see them not dabbling in it to a a certain extent but it will certainly have their nintendo twist to it again you you were talking about professional sports and all that well the olympics now are going to start bringing in you know electronic sports uh gaming and whatnot and then we have the esports licenses in japan which is still a big deal um people i know that you know momochi and some other people have have been not happy with that system but legalizing all this stuff over there and making it a legitimate part of what's accepted and you know you know part of culture and whatnot that's huge for these companies you know again nintendo's image is a gigantic part of who they are uh you know families basically know if they buy a nintendo product like yeah there's some m-rated games and other stuff on there but like they know if they stick to mario or whatever like they're going to get what they get and, and, and nintendo that's not lost on them so 
yeah, this this stuff kind of coming into the mainstream, becoming part of you know mainstream culture and all that. That's a big deal, and I can see that incentivizing Nintendo to get involved in there. We've spoke about this a lot that Capcom has two corporate officers that are in charge of esports. Um, you know, Capcom's not a nothing company. Uh, people are aware of what this movement is. You, you know, we just talked about the Twitter stuff. Some stuff is moving there. You know, it's it's interesting. But I, to throw water a little bit on this now, unfortunately, Justin brought this up, and I'm like, damn it, you you bastard! You're you're too damn smart, and you're throwing water on my idea that is really intelligent but like smash ultimate still doesn't have a full-on leaderboard and i'm like oh i'm like that sucks and he's like also you know sakurai has has made plenty of statements about not wanting this to be a competitive title right and i said ah you bastard (laughs) well sakurai has said that every time that they've wanted smash to be a party game and that made sense back in like when it was first kind of put forward but nowadays it's like I think they have the resources to make it both and to aim to make it both a party game and a competitive title. And it certainly is first and foremost a party game in the sense that like look at the look at the audience. Yeah, well, you've got the competitive Smash crowd, but you also have everyone else. <laughs> so so they're 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 just fine on that front. Um, and they don't need esports right now, but I think it'd be a really good idea to get their foot in the door with it. And so yeah. as far as if you're Sakurai. I don't see a reason to actively fight against all the ideas of, of esports with your with well, your game, especially when yeah. it just naturally has been happening for so long. Yeah, just to jump in a bit and, and add that I mean, Sakurai is not in charge of the business choices on here. If it comes to game development and you know, hey, we're, we're looking at this game balance or this or that, like Sakurai's probably got a ton of pull within there, but he doesn't have to directly answer to the shareholders of Nintendo. Uh, the new president of Nintendo of America definitely does. So some of these business decisions are, are going to be way over Sakurai's head. Like that's something you know, it's it's very important to to understand which divisions of a company have the say so over which parts get done. Um, so I, I mean, again, I, I wouldn't say it's a nothing burger in terms of like his input on it, but I also think that if if someone at Nintendo that's very high up the chain wants to push for it, like Sakurai is not going to be able to stand in their way. You know, it's like, dude, this is over your head. It's above your pay grade. Go away. Uh, work on the next game. This is not up to you. Um, but moving on here, I also, you know, uh, was pointing out to me that licensing issues could be uh, an issue here with third parties, and, and that's something that I do look at. Um, but also, Nintendo does have their own, you know world championship type thing going on right now uh it could be a non-starter but it seems like those those licensing hurdles have been cleared already for them to even put on the tournament that they have been i'm not going to say that's a lock maybe they did a one-off type thing but we know that's been an issue before in the past uh with capcom and other people so to close this out though i think we've been on this for quite a bit and that would be um i'm not saying the odds are super high here and we're going to see a nintendo pro tour like right around the corner it's happening but there there's just some little signs kind of coming up that wow you know maybe nintendo will put more or, uh, than their toe in the water here. Maybe we'll actually see something happen. So I'm putting the odds up as a little higher than before um, just because of some of the, the things I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think it happens in their own time when they're damn well good and ready um, as per the Nintendo traditional approach. So next up, Filipino Champ tweeted out a bunch of fours. And uh, that would be, you know, kind of whatever for a lot of people, right? Um, but uh, he's made uh, references to a Marvel versus Capcom 4 many times in the past. He is known as a Marvel head. Uh, he's a big-time Marvel player. Um, and someone jumped in like right afterwards after he put that out there and said, you know, champ, don't play with our hearts like that. And he, he his follow-up was, uh, save my tweet. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, it, this is interesting. You know, it, it, it's an interesting time here. Uh, I think Dragon Ball Fighters has kind of hit that audience and kind of you know done what it's going to do for sales and all that. Uh, I think it's going to hold on and do very well. But you could argue that there's room now for another versus game to be announced and to come up like six months to a year later or somewhere around there. You would guess. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So. Uh, a little bit here on the timing. The next generation consoles we know are a little bit off. Um, Microsoft is rumored to be showing their hardware here uh, this year at E3. Um, there's a lot of rumors of that. We don't quite know. A lot of stuff is, is considered to be like highly backwards compatible at this point. Like whatever next generation hardware we get, like it's going to work on this generation and the next one without issue, so to speak. Uh, we'll see. But anyway, um, it kind of seems like the timeline might match up okay. Like, we might actually be an okay time to see another Marvel here. Uh, the bad taste of Infinite is is somewhat gone, most of the way gone. Yeah. My main question here, as far as whether or not another Marvel comes, is uh, do does Capcom justify it? Like, when they look around and they see their fighting game division, they see what's going on right now, uh, can you can you look at it and go, yeah, people would, I, I guess it comes down to does is that bad taste truly gone or will it just, are people ready to come to that? You know, are people ready to come back to Marvel? Because like Infinite dropped the ball in, in such a significant way for so many people that it might be that your, your franchise is on hold for a while, maybe for forever, because if it goes on hold for a while and then people move on to something else that completely replaces it, then you wouldn't have a, a real need to go back to it. Um, it's, it seems like, uh, I, I feel like Marvel needs to, to take a breather for a while. So to, yeah. I don't know if it's a good call, I, I, but, mm-hmm. but looking at champs tweets back in December, he also was listing off all of his, uh, I think it was just his mains for the random game or for all the games that he's played fighting games. Um, and in the second part of that tweet, he goes through like uh, Tekken Tag and MVC3 and SF5, and at the very last one, it's MVC4 Magneto. Oops, winky face is what it says. Mm-hmm. And so he's been dropping these kinds of hints and, and such, and um, and it's all off the record stuff. Uh, and then Capcom keeps uh, losing their staff members to Marvel. Like literally, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peter uh, Kamovinerosis is over there now. Like yeah. So, I mean, I. I <laughs> Champ is is definitely a character, but mm-hmm. I don't think that he does all this stuff for no reason, unless he's like flailing for attention for some reason. Um, and and I don't think that, that that does it just doesn't come across to me as that right now based on all this. So, um, I I mean I'm I'm inclined to sort of believe him here. I don't know what the timeline would look like. I don't know if it's the right call by Capcom right now, uh, but but maybe maybe they're doing it. Maybe the the. The hiccup that was Marvel versus Capcom Infinite was truly only a hiccup, and they'll just like, ah, well, you know, move on from that, get back up on the horse, and let's continue the franchise. But I thought that it was much more of a grave blow to them. Mm. I'll I'll just say that because I don't want to blow anyone up here. Um, I'll, I'll just say Filipino Champ has good connections within the fighting game community. Uh, I'll say that uh, I can't go any further than that. Uh, I don't have any insider information beyond I know uh, some of the relationships there, which will go unnamed uh, because you know why 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 put people on blast. Um, but if 
I would not be shocked at all to find out that that Ryan Filipino champ has some insider info, information. I'll just say that. Um, I'll throw out there. You were mentioning like you don't know how the the audience is going to be there for Marvel. Um, I'll just mention again that that Street Fighter is a very different audience than the Marvel crowd. And you know the, the Marvel names that are up there. Um, and even then, a lot of them haven't fully converted over to Dragon Ball Fighters, right? Like, it's not, that's not Marvel. It's, it's got, you know, a lot of flair of that game, but it's not the same. It's not, it's not what Marvel is. And a lot of people seem to be kind of, they dabbled with it, they messed with it, but they, they never converted, right? And, and so I go back to it. Like, I, I wondered the same thing when Street Fighter 4 was out there. Uh, I think Super Street Fighter 4 came out. Then Marvel 3, I'm like, are, is there really enough audience for this? And then the support of the community, that game overtook Street Fighter 4 at one point in time for the most popular game in the fighting game community. Um, I look at Dragon Ball Fighters and I go, yeah, that's really good and is filling a nice void right now. It's a great game, a uh, lot to enjoy about it, but it's not Marvel. You know, it, it's it's there's Street Fighter, you know, and, and, and if like Street Fighter was gone, um, it's like, well, you know, there's Tekken, there's Mortal Kombat, there's Smash and all that. It, yeah, those are all great, you know, 2D, you know, fighting games and all that uh, Tekken 3D. But anyway, um, it's not Street Fighter. And, and, and the, the fact that we don't have a Marvel game right now that people enjoy, it does make me think, yeah, there's a there's a reasonable chance here. And there's there's enough fandom and there's enough of the developers that are out there that are huge fans of Marvel. Not like, oh, you know, it's, it's a good game. I like it. No, this is my favorite franchise in fighting games and I want to see it come back. And I look at that and I go, yeah, there's there's a decent shot here. Marvel is just it's really got a life to itself. The classic meme of wins Marvel, you know, all that. I mean, this game was was dominating uh, the entire fighting game community for like a year or two. You know, it, it's insane the life that he ha- that it has. So that would be kind of like the one thing that it kind of has hanging on for, it, in my opinion, where I could see them circling back even with Marvel Infinite not that far in the rearview mirror. I, I have to put myself in like the Marvel community as a as like a Marvel fan, Marvel head. Like I, I didn't really play the the games all that much, but I you know, put myself in that position. And I think about, well, if I just had a game that didn't go over very well and, it, you know, it's a year or two later and they announce another one, more than anything, I want to play my franchise. I think that the immediate reactions were going to, of course, they're going to be negative. It's the internet, it's social media. People are going to say, whoa, something, something about Infinite and I hope they fix Chun-Li's face this time and all of those kind of things. But at the end of the day, I think that mostly it's going to be, I hope this works. I hope that this game comes out and it's good and it does what Marvel Infinite didn't do. And yeah, and it's, it's been a few years, you know, like it could be like the a pretty quick turnaround at this point. And, and again, we don't know if and when this would even be announced. So maybe it's, it's still some time off from when it would be. But yeah, I, I guess it would be ultimately I think it would be received regardless of what people might say. Um, and the negativity that might circulate and, and like the, the ill will that could be popping back up when you when you bring up a new Marvel game. Uh, ultimately, I think people will give it a chance, and that's all it would need. And if Capcom does it right and they learn, then, then hey, they can totally do it. All right, so next up we have uh, Dead or Alive 6, and the new demo that came out, and it's got eight frames of input lag, and people don't really care. I was going to say, no one cares, do they? Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it, and again, it, it, it does go to show that there's a certain level of expectations with Capcom fighting games, and... And there it is. And uh, But I will shout out, actually, uh, Team Ninja here for a very good feature that I think should be a standard across the entire fighting game community. And that would be displaying a Wi-Fi icon when your online opponent is using Wi-Fi. That's like, amazing. hey, 
Yeah, and also like go a step further and have a filter where, uh, hey, I never play Wi-Fi. People don't want it, don't want to see it. Wi-Fi is bad. Don't use it. Uh, great little feature there. Um, uh, again, should be a standard across the fighting game. <laughs> it's like one step above people that rage quit, people that use Wi-Fi to play these games <laughs> online, right? <laughs> but you're gonna start seeing people screenshot that stuff and publicly shame people for using Wi-Fi, and there's gonna be a whole issue about that. So be ready. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Smash community would uh, definitely definitely appreciate that feature as well. So, um, mm. Yeah, I think we all would. So we're going to get into uh, more of the Street Fighter news that happened recently. But before we do that, there was Evo Japan not too long ago. And this was one of the first big showcasings of competitive Street Fighter V here in Season 4 specifically. I think we spoke about Jobin last week and, and all that he is and his glorious, random, amazing, crazy chaos. And we also talked about Birdie and how, how much potential that he has. There's a clip from Grand Finals or, or a match that High Fight took. And um, this was between Fudo and Momochi playing Birdie and Colleen. And just a few takeaways from it, because like, hey, we're still playing Street Fighter V. We're still trying to uh, level ourselves up and get better at playing. Something of a, of a takeaway that I wanted to sort of highlight, and because I think it's going to help me and in, in the way that I play the game and, and my approaches in trying to harness, I guess, the chaos that Street Fighter V brings with it. And that was the idea of playing more to manipulate your opponent than to hit them. Mm -hmm. Of course, the goal is to drain your opponent's life bar by hitting them. But if you're thinking about how do I land this hit in, in like a vacuum of like, okay, so I have standing heavy punch and it goes this far. So I need to be standing this close in order to hit my standing heavy punch. If that's your thought process, which is the, the first thing that kind of comes up, you know, as you, as you begin to unravel the, the constantly evolving riddle that is playing a fighting game against another player, that's where it starts at. But if you only stay there and you only stay on that track, especially at higher level play, you're going to get blown up. And for that matter, against someone that's just kind of like randomly throwing things out or playing based on reaction emotion and what feels right in the moment. And there's a lot of that because a lot of stuff feels right in the moment because it's safe and it works really well. Then you're not gonna have that good of a time. But if you are playing to manipulate your opponent into you know, doing that jump that they shouldn't have done, overextending, not being able to abuse the move that they want to use in the moment because if they do, where you are positioned and the threat and the potential that you pose will counter whatever that is, that's so huge. And it's a fairly simple idea. It's like, if, you're, if your character can reach your opponent from this particular distance, then you stand at that distance because it threatens your opponent and it makes them think about you know whatever it is that your character can do from there. And so it's like sometimes the ways that this manifests when you're watching in, in higher level play, and it's really nice that High Fight kind of slows the matches down and, and says like, this is why Fudo does this in this moment. Uh, there's a good example of uh, Fudo wants to activate his V-Trigger 2, but you can't just like do it because Momochi's got his reactions and, and you're not going to test that. It's like you're in grand finals of Evo Japan. Your opponent has proven themselves. But he's got this full V-Trigger meter and Birdie has the threat of EX Bullhead 
and Fudo knows that, and Fudo knows that Momochi knows that. So he stands with his with his V trigger, wanting to activate it, and he has the meter to do this. And so he's standing at a range where where Momochi has to acknowledge that this like bullhead could be coming and is probably coming at any moment. And what he does is he he knows that he's going to hesitate, so he throws a banana peel down and uses that to cover himself because that way Momochi can't do any like quick sliding moves with Colleen to get up to Birdie to punish him, and then he activates. And it's like you could completely miss that interaction as you're watching. Um, you just go, oh, Fudo was far away, so he threw a banana down, and then he activated. And like those could all be isolated incidents, but the fact is Fudo was taking all of these things into account and actively analyzing what Momochi was probably thinking based on the threat and based on the potential. And the entire round or the entire match that they play, High Fight highlights all of those thoughts. And, it, and like in watching that, I go, man, like sometimes that's, that's what's on my mind. But man, it so much more often could be the thing that I'm thinking about. And how much more would I be able to level up my game if that's the track that I'm on? So uh, we did a story on it, and there's plenty of these kinds of examples. High Fight does these videos um, on the regular. Uh, they're called Just Frame Analysis. So I, I really recommend you guys go back, and if you're trying to level up your game, this applies to you know the example is street fighter but it applies to you know any any game any fighting game the idea of manipulating your opponent and knowing you know where what they're thinking or trying to affect what they're thinking and limiting what they can do because of what you can do and thinking of it in terms of that in order to get to damage as opposed to just I want to do this move, so I'm going to do this move and hope that it, it, it does the damage that it's supposed to do. That's like the next level. And the sophistication and the nuance that goes into thinking like that can really help you level up. Mm. This stuff is, is not easy to unpack and to figure out, but it's there. If, you're, if your first response to seeing this stuff is, this game is stupid, it's usually a bad excuse, yeah, the game has problems. And, and But probably more likely what's going on is you don't know what's going on. You don't know why uh, people are doing what they're doing. And I'm not talking about you played a random kin. It was lagging by, you know, 50 frames a second. Like, so you, you have 10 frames a second going on and that's what you're having to play on. And you, you did a DP and you lost. Yeah, you probably got randomed out. But if you're seeing stuff at like Tokido, Fudo, Momochi's um, level, um, and a bunch of other players like Punk, man, is, is that guy just fundamentally gifted? Uh, there's plenty of other players who play a very solid game. And, and you're thinking they're doing random stuff. Yeah, the random factor's there. It's always been there. YOLO DP has been, you know, a thing in Street Fighter since forever, right? But they're not getting by on that stuff. That's mm-hmm. not what is defining them as players. So when you're seeing this stuff and you, you feel like you're, you're hitting walls and you're getting frustrated with the game, if you're going back to this game is stupid and it's dumb and blah, 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 you're probably setting yourself up for failure. So go to high fight you know go to these other places and try to to analyze what's going on so that again as john's talking about he's trying to level level up as well and get a lot better at this stuff it's important for all of us to do that and and to start understanding what the meta uh, of all these games offer i remember seeing daigo playing against ricky ortiz in street fighter 4 and 2010 of evo grand finals and saying he's just throwing out random dps at random times um, I wasn't aware of what option selects were, so he'd do like a jump in, and if Ricky did like a like an EX Messiah to avoid the the contact of the like you know the jump in fierce punch or roundhouse or whatever, Daigo had buffered in a DP so that it would come out and and hit Ricky and things like that. 
like I just that's an example of me not understanding what was actually going on and thinking like Daigo's just like throwing out uppercuts and they're working and like but that's scrubby like that's not going to work forever it's like well there was a whole layer that I was missing at that point so uh, it's good to remind yourself of times that you've been wrong and thought you were right before because it helps you kind of humble yourself in the moment. So lastly here uh, we have Capcom putting out some interesting breadcrumbs for for us to follow. And going back to February 8th on the CFN website, this is, you know, the Street Fighter V website, uh, they put out a Final Fight developer interview. And I went like, really? Like Final Fight? Like on this website? What are you doing? Uh, That doesn't, I mean, okay, so... Final Fight and Street Fighter exist in the same universe. We know this, you know, the Cody, you know, Guy, Hagar, all that kind of stuff. They, they appear in, you know, the main, you know, games and all that. Well, I learned from that interview that Final Fight was going to be Street Fighter 2, but they just, it didn't, the time didn't line up with uh, the resources that they had and it became something else. Yeah, um, they were actually going to call it Street Fighter 89 or something like that, I think. And uh, a bunch of people got really upset because it wasn't Street Fighter. It wasn't, you know, what they expected. And so they, they wanted them to rename it to something else. And it became, again, Final Fight. Um, it's but Final Fight's a beat 'em up. It's not a fighting game, and uh, and up on Street Fighter V's like website, like why put that there? Mm-hmm. And and I thought so. It's kind of odd at the time, um, but now I, I'm starting to look at this and I go, well, what if one of the season four characters is a Final Fight person? And it started to make a heck of a lot more sense. Um, so now just the other day here we get the new CPT 2019 stage and it has a lot of Final Fight in it. I think there's somewhere around the neck of of 10 to 12 characters, neck of the woods I should say, uh, of around that. And uh, Sodom, of course, is very prominently displayed. And I have no idea, like he's super tall like in the background. Um, he's actually 6 foot 10 according to listings online. I had mm. no idea he was that damn tall because uh, I remember him in like the Alpha games and he didn't seem like he was that tall. He seemed kind of like a shorter dude. Um, but anyway, um, he's very, very, very prominently. Um, and uh, so I'll just say that this is not the first time someone was in a stage uh, before they became a playable character. Uh, I'll shout out Nick uh, again for this. And uh, I mentioned that Alex was in the City of Chaos stage working on his car, truck, whatever, uh, and then surfaced as a DLC character a little bit later on. Um he also noted that Sodom's character model looks like it's higher quality, and that's something I noticed as well. Um, and you might say, okay, well, like he's in the background, like there's no way he's going to be a character. I mean, he's very prominently displayed. Well, there's actually plenty of characters and backgrounds that are swapped out or missing in, in other backgrounds. Oh, yeah. uh, it happens all over. And this one's actually no different. This actual background itself, if you choose Abigail, who's a large part of the stage, he takes up a huge portion on the right hand side. If you choose him, he disappears, and there's nothing there. He's not replaced by anyone at all all uh so i'm like ooh, that's that's really interesting we're getting into some juice here uh and then in the trailer uh when they revealed that the cpt stuff uh there's a whistle at the very end of it and that that whistle actually sounds like damned um he's the the final fight first stage boss uh he you know he he whistles and he gets a bunch of bad guys to come out there with him um and and again in the trailer it sounds a lot like it without being the actual sample from final fight uh some people thought it was cody's um ultra 2 because he whistles at you after he he hits you um but it actually sounds quite a bit different than that there's a there's a little bit of like the cadence of the whistle if i'm even using the proper term there like it, it it the way it modulates itself like it's very 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 similar to that and so we start seeing all these signs of, oh, hey, wait a second. Like, they're mentioning Final Fight, like, a lot and seemingly without any good reason at all. Um, the, the most relevant Final Fight news that we've had uh, was the Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle, which he did, which was a great product. But, like, Final Fight was a game and, like, you know, a series of, like, five or six games or whatever in that package right there. Um, 
it was a thing, but like you're putting all this stuff up on the Street Fighter Five website, you're doing all this stuff. It's like I I, I don't necessarily know that if like Sodom's going to be the character, he's a, you know as good of a candidate as any. Um, but the allusions to Final Fight are big time right now. There is a ton of evidence pointing in that direction, and, and there we are. You know, I haven't sat and personally entertained the idea too much. I've been more just processing, let's get this news up in front of people's eyes before I kind of take my own, like, sit and, like, stew on it, right? And so Nick's story, I was actually just reading over it um, last night uh, before it went live. It actually just went up about an hour ago from the time of this recording um, on the front page. But he has some really good points. And as I look at it, it's it very well could be that hey, this is just a final fight stage and there are all these characters and the homages to it and it makes total sense in and of itself and it doesn't have to be more than that. But the stage is um, Sodom's, uh, like, it's, it, it is his ring. In level two of final fight, he's the boss, spoilers, and you fight him in a wrestling ring and it's, it is this green ring with that, like his stool that he sits on at the beginning of it. That's in the, uh, the opposite corner you, or you can see stools in the, in the corners of the ring um, and it's like the same uh, design in the middle of it with that kind of like skull. And so if this were anybody's stage, it would be Sodom's. And that's interesting too. And then what you were saying about his, basically his resolution, there are, like, you can see Hagar in the background. He's further back and the Andor family, I guess they're not brothers, they're like uncle and grandpa and all that stuff. And uh, and Eddie E, and even, um, gosh, what's his name? Like the main guy behind it all. I think his name starts with a B. I forget it at, the, at this moment. But anyways. Bulger, I think, or Belger or something, yeah. So all these people are in the background here, but Sodom seems to have the highest resolution of all of them. And that really ties into the idea of, well, yeah, maybe that's just his character model, right? And, and like the role that they have a higher resolution version of him in the first place. Yeah, I think that it, it would make sense. Uh, it would be a, a fine move because as we enter season four here and the climate is what it is and the people are feeling uh, the way they're feeling about the game, I it's it's like the kind of characters that you should release right now, and I say should like in quotation marks, there are certain times where you want to bring certain people forward. The beginning is when you want to bring forward some new newcomers, yeah? So they brought like six brand new characters, and that makes sense like right when the game launches because it gives it its own unique flavor. It separates it from everything else. And, and you might drop a few new ones here and there um, through DLC packs. What about some guest characters from another franchise that, uh, you know, like I guess Sodom has been in Street Fighter Alpha, so he has been there. Um, so, so he's kind of on the same lines as Cody in, in that term because he has been in a Street Fighter game before. But he's more of a... You don't see him as much of a Street Fighter returner as more of like a, a Final Fight guest is what I would say. And, um, and, and I think Cody's more of a Street Fighter returner at this point just because of how much he's been in the game. But I think it's the right time for this type of character because there isn't a huge expectation for them. There isn't a huge expectation of, of like how they're going to play. Alpha was a long time ago and the translation, like I'm sure you'll have some similar animations if you brought Sodom into this game from what he did in, in Alpha. Like the expectation for him is not the same thing as the, as the expectation of, of a character like Ryu or Ken, right? And so, but he's also, he's got enough of a, uh, of a history behind him that if you bring in a brand new character right now that you just kind of made up for Street Fighter V, it's kind of hard to to invest into that, especially if we're only got like a year or two left of this game. 
Um, so I think that this is the right type of character for like this is the right formula for right now. So that kind of is another check mark for me that it would make total sense to bring Sodom into this game. And this is all spitballing right now, but the stars do seem to be aligning to a certain extent for this character. And I think it'd be interesting. We've talked about him before. He comes up all the time when we're speaking about like speculation for what character people would want. He, he just really fits the bill right now. So I think it would be a very good choice and a very smart choice by Capcom if he's on route for DLC. So going back to 2016, actually, in October, uh, Famitsu reached out to Capcom Japan, and uh, I'll quote here from Famitsu. They said, speaking of Alpha, I feel as if the only Alpha character at this point who hasn't been in either Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 5 is Sodom. Did you guys forget about him? And then uh, Capcom Japan responds, haha, uh, we have not forgotten about Sodom. Uh, he was one of the characters we were considering from the Alpha series uh, initially. This is 2016 again, so he would have been like a launcher, a DLC season one character. Um, but they said he was difficult to fit into the story. If we include Sodom, that also brings in the Mad Gear gang, uh, and we can't very well put Sodom in without having any of Cody, Hagar, our guy. Uh, and as we know now, we got Cody in season three. And we have so, Abigail, who's part of the Mad Gear gang. There was. you go. There you go. So, again, it's Capcom, and they're talking about the story. They're talking about this other stuff, and you go, ooh, yeah, like, uh, the story's not, uh, come on, guys, like, this is pretty much like it's, like, poor, and the story's not that important, right? But <laughs> anyway, um, it's, there's some, there's definitely still some signs that we can kind of point to here that, that indicate that, yeah, there might be something to it. Um, and, and I'll also mention, again, with the, the Final Fight developer interview they did, that was huge. That was multiple pages. That was a lot of work. It wasn't just some kind of random thing they threw together. Uh, you know, maybe it was part of something else and they they added on to it. But like they that was multiple pages uh, that got translated and put up there. Uh, there was some clear intent of getting that information out there and where it appeared at. It's like, oh, so I mean, if I was going to bet on something, uh, I, I'd probably put, you know, odds around 60, 70, 80 percent, somewhere around. They're pretty darn good. Let's put the difference of just say 70 percent that we see a final fight character, uh, another one here at some point, And then the odds of that one would probably be Sodom above everyone else. But I wouldn't be shocked to see you know, like a poison um, or, you know, some character like bread, I, I would hope from, um, uh, Streets of Fire, which I talked about before. He's in the background, man. He's in the background with the, the garbage, the garbage pants, like uh, the the garbage. Uh, oh man, it's 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 terrible. It's a terrible costume, and I love it. It's it's just so ridiculous that that's a basis for Final Fight, like a huge basis for it. And I'm just eating it up that it's it's that over the top and ridiculous. But well, but there it is. And you know um, who is not in the background, as far as that I've seen, is like you said, Poison. Hugo, although Andor, I guess, kind of represents Hugo, the Andor family, because he's basically the same thing, just under a different name. Um, and Guy, I don't think those characters are in are in the background here, right? So mm -hmm. it's interesting. You got like your Relento. You got a lot of Final Fight villains. It's like a mm -hmm. lot of Final Fight villains and Hagar. And then I guess Abigail's not anymore, but he certainly was. So you no, have... he, he is there, but if you pick him, he disappears. So. Right, right. Um, I, you don't have Damned, right? Uh, no, Damned is in there actually. He's he's just hidden. You have to go all the way to the right, and then like he's kind of hidden, like I guess whistling in the in the shadows or something. Sure, sure. So. so so you have like level one boss, level two boss is Sodom, level three is Eddie E, and he's there. Abigail's level four, and then um and then you got like they're kind of like sub bosses, the Andor family, and then uh, Bruger's Beggles, whatever his name is, uh, the the main <laughs> bad guy, and then Rolento who came in uh, like a I think it was Final Fight two or something. So all those guys, but but not Poison, who's like a huge deal in, in this, and not Hugo, although you could kind of explain that away, and no guy. So interesting. It could mean everything. It could mean nothing. 
but uh, makes us look forward to, what was it, March with a little more interest. Yeah, there we go. Hey, Capcom's finally communicating something. They're putting some hints in there. They're, they're dropping some stuff. This is their history. This is what they do. I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm happy we finally have something to talk about here. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty overall happy, like, with what they're doing right now. It's I, I'd wish for more, but, you know, if we're two weeks away from a big announcement here at Final Round, like, that's fine. You know, they, that's about what we would expect. Um, it's It's gone a little bit too dry, and I hope they don't repeat this. But if if they just pick up from this point here, I'll be pretty damn happy. You know, just a quick idea here. If you're going to have this much time between full announcements, that's 100% fine. You get to do that. What you have to do in the meantime, though, I would argue, in order to stay in good standing with your community is drop some hints, drop some not obvious hints, but like acknowledge. That's what it is. It's like have an acknowledgement. Show like one of Sodom's wristbands or something that doesn't even completely give him away. I don't know, something about him. You know, make like a little riddle that's not very easy to solve but could mean something. Something that says that we're thinking of you guys and we got something coming and just wait for it. As opposed to nothing. As opposed to soon and then nothing. Uh, I can tell you right now, Capcom's listening to the podcast. They heard you loud and clear. And they're like, we just listened to the podcast Event Hubs wants more confetti. Let's go for it. <laughs> so I, I, I'm happy. I, this is this is like you said. It's something they're communicating. It's good. There's uh, more on the horizon, and it gives us a reason to. It gives us um, a finish line or a, or a check mark to look forward to, and yeah. that's just so damn important. It is. It is. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap us up on that note. Uh, Capcom communicated finally. We're happy. So we're going to end it there, and we're going to see you guys next week. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you then. See you later.